and welcome back to the Weekly Rundown, presented by the Minnesota Daily. I am your host, Paul Hodewanik, and we are going to do the second part of our sports roundup that we started last week, this week. So if you want to hear about all the winter sports that are currently going on, definitely check out last week's podcast. This week, we're going to touch on spring sports. But first, I just want to do a quick opening on the men's basketball team after we've had a little bit of time to digest that loss, that that bad loss to Maryland on Wednesday. So they lost 74-73, to led by as many as 17 in the second half, and they lost on that last second three-point shot, I think, about 1.9 seconds left. Didn't have time to do anything after that. Big takeaways, man, the free throw shooting. That It's it's just got to get better. They they were not good. They were 3-for-7 in the second half, 11-for-18 overall in the game. It's actually not one of their worst free throw shooting performances, which tells you a lot. 11-for-18, that's 61%. That is not what you want to see there. And it was just a lot of them coming right at bad times. Kalsher was missing some short. He doesn't normally do that. If you're going to make the NCAA tournament, free throws are going to be something that you're going to have to do well. You're going to have to excel at. You're at least going to have to be average and be able to make up that ground somewhere else. But when you're giving away those seven free points against a top 10 ranked team, that is not going to be good. And obviously they lost by one and they had chances to ice it and they would have iced it if they just made a couple of those free throws. Um, yeah, they didn't get Daniel O'Toole the ball, I believe, for the last six minutes of the game. That's just not acceptable because Daniel O'Toole is your team. That's your most reliable option is down low. I get that he was going up against Jalen Smith. He's going up against some good guys there. But I'd rather have the ball in his hands than Cars, who can show that he's a little sporadic there at the end of games. He can turn the ball over. He can force up some shots, which he did. So I don't I don't really know why they're not getting O'Toole the ball down there. I'm sure Patino wants to get him down there. I'm, I'm, I'm sure they're not ignoring him. So it's got to be something else, and they're, and they're just not doing it. But that has to be an emphasis going forward. And I think the big takeaway is that's this is that was their tournament. They, they wasn't looking good before then, certainly not looking good after. If they had won that game, gotten some momentum, maybe gone to Wisconsin, won, gone to Indiana, and won, then maybe we're we're sitting here in a couple weeks with a different conversation, winning a game in the Big Ten tournament. Obviously, they're jumping up in the standings. Maybe they get a bye that first week or that first round. They get a better team or a worse team that second round. They, they got some stuff to work with. At this point now, they're pretty much going to be locked in to playing that first day, then they're going to have a tough team right away that next day. So as opposed to last year where if they had, if if they win two out of their last three, they're going to have the same record they did in the Big Ten last year. But unlike last year, I just don't think this team has those pieces. And that brings to the next point, the point that the fans are talking about, the point that is getting all the news is Richard Pitino. Where does he stand at this point? He got a contract extension after they made the tournament last year. But as we know, in a lot of college athletics, those buyouts, $2 million, I believe his is around. That's, in the grand scheme of things, not a huge price to pay. And Coyle would definitely do that if he felt that Patino wasn't the coach and that they needed to go somewhere in a different direction. We touched on this last week, but PJ Flex's success, Bob Motzko's success in turning around programs that were a little bit stagnant doesn't help Patino's 
chances of staying, and it certainly makes fans itch for change because they've seen it work. So whether Patino deserves the boot like some of those coaches that were replaced by Fleck and Matsko, that's a different question, but it definitely doesn't help the noise that is building. Uh, so just a couple things. They've lost the last three games at home that they really should have won. All of those were winnable games. If they win those games, their record is suddenly a lot different, and the perspective on this team is changed quite a bit. So you know that they're not too far off. And the thing I would I would say about your Patino blamed himself after the last game. It's fair to blame Patino for those games, but you have to look, is it really going to get better without him? And I know that's just, are we going to settle for mediocrity? That's the question that comes, but I think one thing people don't like about Patino is he doesn't bring in those top-value Minnesota recruits. I'm not sure if you're getting someone else in there that you're suddenly getting the Matthew Hurts of the world, you're getting the Zeke in Ninjahis, the, just the really good prospects, those guys are still going to go somewhere else. The Joneses, I don't think a new coach is suddenly going to magically bring those guys in. Those guys want that exposure, that top exposure with some of those high, high coaches that aren't going to come here, and they want those, so then they're maximizing, maximizing their draft potential. That just isn't where Minnesota is. It's not where they are right now, and it's it's hard to say that they're going to be able to build to get to that point. That's not the school that the Gophers are going to be. They're going to bring in guys that are going to be here for a while, People don't leave early. Coffee leaving early was different for them. Oturu is probably going to leave. That's different for them. And so those are one of the things that Patino has gotten those guys ready to go early. So he has had some success in that. He still brings in good recruiting classes. They're just not the homegrown guys. And then the homegrown guys go off. The media in the local media talks about them. And then that kind of drums up the animosity of why we didn't get those guys. So is that really going to get better? I don't know. I still would say it's... I would expect maybe to see a change. That's not any sources or anything like that. That's just what I would expect. Because even if, you know, this is just kind of where Minnesota is going to be, they're always going to be a middle-of-the-pack team, then it's like, why not try to go somewhere else? Maybe see if there's bigger upside than Patino. Because if we think our floor is where we kind of are right now, might as well just go for it. So that's what I got on basketball. Let's now transition into the spring sports. So we're going to start with softball. Softball is 9-6 and six on the season. I think just taking a look at that, it might be a little surprising that the record is a bit better considering how well they did last year, reaching the College World Series. They dropped from a preseason consensus top 8 team to now beginning the season ranked 18th in a few new places or a few new pieces, excuse me, in key places. Hope Brandner's out. She has the medical, she's on medical leave, or not medical leave, but she's not cleared to play. We don't know specifically if that's for an injury or some other sort of thing. We we still don't know at this point. Emily Hansen has been filling in her role at first base. She's done actually a very good job, I would say. She's kind of provided a good spark for that for that lineup. She's batting 283. That's kind of decreased after the last couple of weeks. Um, but definitely has been a good replacement, but you can't you can't fully replace what Hope Brandner was. She was had the third most home runs of a gopher in a season last year, and I think that just kind of takes the wind out of the team's sails a little bit. They don't they don't feel very comfortable talking about Brandner and why she's gone. 
So that's kind of hanging over them, I believe, like a little bit of a black cloud. But going away from her, they have a lot of returning pieces that are nice. Amber Pfizer had a ERA of 3.09 before last week. She had a really, really good week. She had a, her third career no-hitter. She's back down to 225 with the ERA. That's where you'd expect it to be. I can expect it to go even farther down. She's going to continue to be dominant. She's going to continue to be good. I think the person you have to keep an eye on in that bullpen is not Pfizer because she's going to have that continued dominance. It's that number two starter, Autumn Pease. She's been great as that number two go-to option. She's a sophomore transfer from Idaho State, so came into this program new. And and the thing is, Pfizer is a senior. She's leaving after this year, so you have to find that replacement. And it looks like Pease is going to be that person, so... That's the key thing I, t- I think you take away from these first 15 games is unlike last year when it was Sidney Smith getting some time in games but not really that option that you want. Pease is going to be able to come in in big moments. Pfizer is going to not have to pitch as often as much and we're going to have Pease going forward. Like I said, she's only a sophomore. You got two more years. She's got a 1.84 ERA, 4-1 and one this season. So definitely doing a really good job outpitching Pfizer in some moments. I don't know if that'll be how it ends, but if it if it is, that's a great outcome because Pfizer, it looks like, is just going to continue to be good. Uh, switching to the lineup, I think you expect a little bit more pop from the lineup than they currently have. Natalie Denhartog has three home runs. Sydney Strello has one. Emily Hansen has one. Kiana Jones has one. And then the only other person that has one is McKenna Partain. She has three. I want to touch on Partain. She has a 407 batting average. She's batting first. 15 RBIs, that leads the team. Slugging percentage, 722. On-base percentage, 484. She stole three bases already. She's really coming into her own as a senior. She's kind of that leader on the team now, uh, taking over for Maddie Houlihan. Played in every game, started in every game. Has the most at-bats on the team. So she's really been that, that steady force at the top of the lineup for the Gophers and She's really, really breaking out. I would suggest if you want to learn more about Partain, our Nolan O'Hara, our, one of our softball reporters, along with Anna Landis, had a story about her in the latest MN Daily. Uh, you can find that online or at a paper uh, anywhere around campus. Definitely check that out. So she's someone to really look for going forward. She didn't have as much pop as she's showing this season. We'll see if that continues, if that levels off, but that's just another good sign we obviously we really don't know about Hope Brander's status, but you're hoping that she comes back at some point this season. That's a really nice one-two punch, one-two-three punch with Natalie Den Hartog in there. This lineup still has a lot of potential to kind of get going again, even if they're not showing maybe the pop that we expected to to at the beginning of the season. And I think that's really the point of the story here about softball so far. I think you expect to see some of the stuff that's happened average out and. When you do that, the ERA comes down for Amber Pfizer a little bit more. Batting average for some of those girls like Caitlin Kemet-Mueller, that should go up a little bit. I expect Partain and Den Hartog to stay where they are. If you get Brandner back, that's another good thing. So I think we are going to get a little bit of a regression to the mean, but a lot of that means people are jumping up, and that means I think this record is going to go up. They've played good teams to begin this year, a lot of ranked teams. Non-conference schedule was going to be hard. Jamie Traxel said that before the season, so I don't think this is anything unexpected from them. It might be unexpected from a fan that's just looking in and seeing that they already have six losses, which they normally don't. 
but they're going to contend for the Big Ten title. They're going to go beyond, I would believe. So definitely don't get too worried about the softball team. Baseball, still really early to know. Hard to say much with a 4-4 four and four record, but a couple things that we do know. Max Meyer, pitcher, legit. He has 17 strikeouts in 10 innings so far. Opponent batting average of .152. Really, really good slider. He's going to get drafted this year. He just continues to improve. Whether they keep him as a starter long-term or they put him in the bullpen, he's kind of flexed in and out of that in his time. But the Gophers will have to see, wait and see on that. A couple other pitchers that I like. I like Shoal Burl. I don't totally know how to pronounce his last name, which will be a theme throughout this. Uh, Horton and Massey, all those guys. I've had decent starts to the season. Some of their ERAs are a little bit inflated, but again, only eight games to go off of. Sam Thorson, he really needs to cut down on walks. He has some good stuff, but he has 15 walks in seven innings. And that's kind of the theme of the whole pitching staff is they've got some good opponent batting averages if you just look through the stats and you would expect their ERAs to be a little bit better. The walks are really what's killing them. So watch out for that as they play in a controlled indoor environment at U.S. Bank Stadium and get some consistency with the mound and everything. I would expect that to go down a little bit, and you should you should expect to see that go down. Otherwise, this team might have a control issue the rest of the season. They have five guys batting above 500, or above 300, believe me, or excuse me, not 500, 500. That would probably lead the podcast if they were five batters above 500. Still the very interesting stages. It will be interesting to see, again, like I mentioned just a second ago, they have about two weeks of U.S. Bank Stadium play in a row, so go out and check them out if you are in the area you want to do so. They'll be around, and then they go off for a while before it really starts to warm up in the back here. All right, moving on, men's tennis. They are 6-3 and three this season. I think if you follow tennis at all, if you've checked in in the team in the past couple of years, it's a lot of the same names. You're going to say, oh, wow, they're still on the team. Vlad Loback, Stefan Milosevic, and Jackson Allen, those are the top three guys. They're all 6-3 and three so far this season in duels, so doing well. And then I think where you should look is some of these newcomers. So four singles has been occupied a lot by Slim Troost. He is a freshman he has come in and do, done well. Let me check where he's from. He's from Estonia, I believe. So th- that's just classic Jeff Young continuing to bring in some young guys. Yep, Talon, Estonia. And then Bodin Zarkovic, he's also a freshman. He's from Serbia. He hasn't been in those high-stakes moments as much as Slim ha- or Sim has. Um, sorry to Mr. Troost on that. Um, but he has done well. He's 13-4. and four. Troost is 13-6. and six. So encouraging young guys coming in and stepping in in good roles for them. So those are people to watch. Women's hockey, or not women's hockey, women's tennis. They're 10-2. Really, really good start to the season for them uh, compared to where they were maybe last year uh, when they were 14-11 overall. They're already 10-2. and two, So really doing well. They've continued their home dominance. They were 11-1 at home last year. They're 8-1 and one so far. This year, we haven't really seen them play any Big Ten opponents, so that's what that's when we'll be able to stack up, and they haven't had many nationally ranked opponents either. They're, as a team, they're 0-1, so one, one player has has done that. Um, but things to look at, redshirt freshman Dahlia Sa- said is kind of rolling as the number one option. She's 4-1 and one so far. 
Tiffany Huber, who you would recognize from last year. She was in the two spot for much of last year. She's 5-2 and two so far this season, so continuing where she left off there. And then another freshman tennis contribution has come from Ekin Ursatin. She is 16-2, and two, mostly in the number three and number four singles spots. So another freshman that's coming in and making a difference. Final sports that we're not going to touch on because they just really haven't gotten going. There's either too small of a sample size or really nothing much to talk about. Those are the golf teams, women's golf is getting rolling. Not shown some strong finishes so far. Hopefully that improves for them. Men's team had a meet a little bit ago, a couple weeks, but they don't get going until March as well. And then track is finishing up their indoor season. We'll get to coverage more on them when they are in the outdoor season. That's all for this week. We'll be back again next week in our normal format to give you the weekly rundown on all things Gopher Sports. Don't forget to share, subscribe, and review. We'll see everyone next week.